You're listening to the Simple Power Podcast, where we think practically about the presence and the power of God. This is episode number 39, and I'm your host, Duke Lamastra. So grateful that you're here, and I'm honored to have Alex Seidler back on the program for round two. We're going further into building our lives upon the solid foundation of Jesus Christ, about stewarding well the things of God, the resources of God, the calling of God, the blessing of God, all of that, and then the increase, the supernatural increase and multiplication that happens when we put him first and build our lives that way. This episode is a little bit longer, but I promise you it will be worth your time. We got into some really cool content and we had fun with it. So stay tuned, guys. Episode 39 starts right now. Hey everybody, welcome to part two, round two with Alex Seidler, my fellow Jerseyite, Jer- how do you Jersey say that? Jer- Jerseyan, 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 Jerseyite. Jersey- hey bro, I, I don't remember, which area code are you from in New Jersey? I'm from the 07823, baby. No, the, that's your zip code, your area code. <laughs> I'm from the, <laughs> oh lord help me, I might need to phone a friend, 908. From the 908. You're from the, you're from the 908, dude. Me too. Yeah, that we, was. Uh, we were even closer than I thought. That's a shady part of. That's a shady part of Jersey, man. A lot of cows. A lot of hustling. yeah. A lot of cows. <laughs> a lot of cows. A lot of deer. A lot of dead a deer. A lot of deer, man. Constantly. A lot of wrestling and a lot of football. That's what we did. That's what that Northwest Jersey is famous for. Bro, as long as you're not from the 609, because it gets a little, a little bit weirder down dicey. there. Dicey, dicey. <laughs> a little dicey. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> hey brother, thanks so much for being back. Whew. And uh, Alex is the Global Ministries Director for Elam Fellowship. He's uh, got missions in his blood. He was a missionary for over a de- well over a decade. And uh, just he's he's got the nations on his heart and has a real passion for raising up leaders, raising up tomorrow's leaders to really just be released into their calling and their destiny. And what does your shirt say? Ready, set, revival. That's that's Ready, what he's set, about. Revival, man. He's baby. About... Let's do it. Alex, uh, first of all, how can people want, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me in the 07823. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you if you go to our website, elamfellowship.org. So E-L-I-M, like the Oasis, fellowship.org. And if you go to, I think the way, if you go to the missions page, I don't really have my information on there, but I think if you go to book a speaker and then my name will be there and that's a way you can contact me directly as far as like connecting or whatever. Um, My wife and I are actually, we've been developing a personal website just for blogs and travel. We travel so much and there's so many insane stories. We wanted like an avenue to kind of like, have places to drop personal blogs and insane stories and kind of our journey so that in the future will be will be available um but for right now i would say just go to elamfellowship.org and then go to book a speaker and you can kind of see my info there and reach out and uh, i would love to connect with you so that's awesome appreciate it man so in part one it was episode 31 it was called roadblocks to revelation alex uh rocked my face off uh, with just awesome awesome content and just really uh, just just re- really some cool stuff. We got into just a lot about developing that personal walk with the Lord and intimacy and how revelation flows out of that. And we've got to keep our perspective right. We've got to keep everything in alignment. When we go after Jesus first, when he's our pursuit, when he's the passion of our heart, when our desire is for him and for cultivating 
deeper relationship with him then the other stuff really does just this isn't just wishful thinking and it's not like anything weird but stuff really does just tend to fall into place when we have our focus right because what happens is when you pursue jesus revelation follows he speaks to you you're more open you're more connected you're more in tune to hear his voice to be led by the spirit of god and so actually you become way more productive than you ever could be on your own. And so so many times, if we're honest, we, even in doing the good things, right, Alex? Like, the good things, like, even, even, like, trying to be good and go to church and read our Bible, so many times we do it in our own strength. We do it, like, outside of his grace that he's so freely given to us. And just trying to build stuff on our own and go after stuff and we compartmentalize our lives and we keep God separate and we think, well, this is my church life or my spiritual life and then I have all the regular stuff that I do like my job and taking care of my family and all this kind of other stuff and we separate those things. But when Jesus is the foundation and the center of all of it, then it all just makes so much more sense. We can keep our priorities in line, not get burned out on stuff and frustrated and all these different things. Not that you'll never be frustrated, but... It's just uh, we what it is. It's operating from a place of rest, operating from a place of peace, and that's really just this invitation that we have to be a part of. So sounds some like, of that sounds stuff, like a good Alex, episode, man. I want to listen. Yeah, bro. To that. I think I really think they should check it out. <laughs> I got all my content from Joel Osteen. Just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. So good, just, bro. Just sermon.com uh, every every Saturday night and Sunday I, morning. I just Google I'm searched. Please, Lord Jesus, help me find some stuff, sermons. <laughs> and I just get all my what? content from that. <laughs> what to say on podcast. There we go. <laughs> no, bro, it's so good. I, I, I was uh, going through some journals this, this past weekend, and uh, I found a quote from a guy named Joel Hill. who's uh, He's an Elam grad, a Regent University grad. He's, he went out to Bethel and uh, out there in Reading and now is a missionary over in uh, Southeast Asia. And he did some training with us, and uh, he said, "He said the more you orient your life to chase after Jesus and dwell in His supernatural presence, the more that miracles just kind of almost seem to happen by accident." Wow! Like the what you're saying is like the byproduct of you pursuing Jesus is sometimes you pursue the miracle, you pursue the hand and not the face. So you're like, "Okay, I want to see the city reach for Jesus." So you put all your eggs in the basket of miracles and doing stuff. And that, that's what we talked about in episode 31 is like that can lead you to a place of tremendous frustration because now you're eclipsed. You're, like Jesus is taking a secondary role with something that he died for wow. and wants to do with you. It's a commission. The great commission means that we're shoulder to shoulder with Jesus, locking eyes and running together. And so uh, to me, that just like blew me away again. I'm just like, wow, okay, yeah. The more that I center my life – and this, this could be for business – this could be for ministry. This could be for, for your family, for your marriage, for raising kids, for living a single life of purity. It's like the more I center my life with Jesus and pursue him, everything else. It's Matthew six thirty three. If I pursue him first, so now good. everything else kind of follows and chases after me. So dude, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I will probably listen to episode 31 again because I'm provoked and stirred up. In a friend. I could, we could talk about this for another five hours. So, for real. I wanted to see, Alex, if you could just maybe just share, because we didn't really do this last time, just a little bit about yourself, maybe your journey with the Lord, your your beginnings. Alex wasn't always, if you can believe it, as solemn and <laughs> spiritual as he is today. Oh, baby. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but for real, my, my favorite thing about you, man, is your your authenticity 
and the fact that you're just you. And, um, you know, we connected again just recently, basically for the podcast, after many years of not talking, you know, not for any weird reason or anything. There was no fallout. It was just life. And, bro, you're the same person, man. You're the same person you've always been. Of course, you've grown it tremendously, and God's done some incredible things in your life and, and all that. But you're, you're just – you're so real. You're so authentic. And so I would just love to hear just a little bit about your journey, maybe how you got started, went to Bible college and got started in ministry and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that's a wild story. <laughs> but I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I think coming back together, I think my personality type, my Myers-Briggs and Enneagram, is just like if we're friends, we're friends for life, and time is meaningless to me. So I don't see – I was a missionary. So my life was constantly hanging with people, then they're gone. Then they're back, then yeah. they're gone. So it's like I'm, to yeah. me, I'm like, okay, what is time? Whatever. Like we are uh, – so to connect, reconnect with you is really a blessing, and I love the podcast here. I love uh, reading about and hearing more about your church and what the movement you're a part of. I'm so excited for you guys. I think my journey is uh, – you know, I grew up in a Christian household. Mom and dad were both first-generation believers. So I have an older brother, Rich, and myself. Uh, we were second-generation believers. So I grew up in a household that loved God. Uh, we got touched in our area by the Toronto Blessing. Mm -hmm. If you don't know about that, that is gold dust and, and barking and people falling <laughs> over and excitement. So that was all normal to me. Getting filled and whacked by the Holy Ghost was a very, very normal occurrence in my life growing up. Having Going to church multiple times a week for five six hour services in yes. the glory that's just what we did man that was called friday night go to go to yeah. a, a local diner i miss my jersey diners going to dude, a diner afterwards night, and man. just chowing down at the diner some... after worship for oh, like dude. six hours yeah man that was Getting my life some too. eggs and home fries and a greasy bagel hello <laughs> that is my love language i actually do I do, my, I do myers briggs test and it comes out greasy bagel <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's an option, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I grew up in an awesome Christian household. My parents loved the Lord. My dad actually pastored the church for a little bit. When our senior pastor transitioned to another work, he stepped in for a couple of years. So it's like, my parents just love the lost. They love the Lord. They love their church. They still do to this day. They were just up for a wedding this past weekend. So it's like, I just grew up in a great place. My heart did though. However, I knew that God had a tremendous call in my life for leading worship they, my, my middle name is David, and it's because they knew I would be a psalmist, I would be a writer, I would be in, have, a, have an artistic vibe to me, which I still see myself as a very high creator, high collaborator, high artsy guy, even though a lot of what I do now is like strategic leadership and preaching and not so much that. My internal core, though, I always tell people, listen, I'm, I, my external shell is a strategic leader. My, in, my internal shell is like a sappy psalmist. That's, that's who I am. So a lot of people just know like the Alex Scyther that's drawing on whiteboards and stuff, you know, but inside I'm writing Psalms about the birds and things. Um, so good. And love songs to my wife. So my heart drifted from the Lord a little bit in high school, um, got into the wrong scene, got some crew around me that wasn't good, but I already, I always knew that God had a call in my life. And so, uh, I, I was thinking about schools to go to and, uh, I'm not sure if they still have it like a PSAT like SATs, then you have a practice yeah, yeah, yeah. SAT. Mm -hmm. Well, I skipped that. The only one I went to was a called a PPSAT, which is a practice for the practice of the PSAT. <laughs> but then I ditched school and skipped with my friends for the PSAT. And if you don't take the PSAT, you can't take your SATs. So I didn't take them at all. And uh, I was dating a girl that I shouldn't have been dating. And uh, there was a prophet from England. His name was Richard Ship. 
S-H-I-P-P. He was a prophet. He, uh, he, he was the office of a prophet. So he wasn't like had a prophetic edge. He yeah. was that. So he came and was ministering at our church. And uh, he pretty much wrote one morning. I, I, went, I was going to school. And I always filled out my coffee mug before driving to school my senior year. And uh, he was waiting for me in the kitchen. And I've been avoiding him all week because I'm not – he was staying with us. But I wasn't walking with the Lord. I didn't want anything to do with him. Like when you're not walking with God and you, know you, have, a, you have a call in your life, the last thing you want to do is engage with the prophet. Yeah, so, man. So he, he, he found me and uh, he saw me and said, hey, Alex. I was like, oh, gosh. I was like, okay, hi. <laughs> and uh, he said, hey, I want to I communicate a few things to you. And he said – and this is what brought me to Elon Bible Institute in college. This is what catapulted me to Bible school. And then right after Bible school, I was a missionary for 12 years. And then two years ago, I came into this job as a, on the executive team of Elam, but also uh, missions. But this moment that I'm about to tell you in my kitchen in the 07823, this is what actually drove that whole thing. He looked at me with such compassion and love, and he just said, Alex, here's the deal. And he just read my mail. He said, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. No one talked to him. My parents didn't even know the stuff I was doing. You're doing the boom, 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 boom. And then he said, and you're dating a girl right now. That if you continue to date her, you can kiss all of your ministry dreams goodbye. All of a sudden, I, everything zoomed out. And I was like, whoa, okay. The call of God in my life was so strong. I was running and fleeing, not from it, but just like not wanting to, to do that. So yeah. that day, I went to school, broke up with this girlfriend. The next day, applied to EBI. It wasn't accredited back then. So really, you just needed right. a face to go. When I was a guy, <laughs> my brother was my brother. My parents were really tight with Paul Johansson. My brother was already at school, so they knew the Seidler family. They weren't ready for Alex Seidler. My lord, no one was. But yeah. uh, but I went, man. I, I didn't take my. I still haven't taken my SATs. But uh, I went to Elam, graduated. Get on that, man. And then went to went to China right away. I mean, how I how I became a missionary is a whole other set of stories. But really, I think the the word of knowledge mixed with prophetic word from Richard Ship were the thing that brought me to where I am now. If I don't have that, I continue to date that girl and I don't go to Elam and it probably my life is completely different. So I'm thankful wow. for the prophetic word. I'm thankful for the office of prophet. I'm, I'm thankful for a word of knowledge and uh, I'm thankful for where I am today. So my journey has been one of like, okay, now whenever I, I, I seek direction, I really do seek a word from God. Like in, not like a, a sign. Like I really do seek the word of the Lord because that thing has kept me and brought me this whole way. So here I am. That was in that was in uh, 2002. So hmm. here I am. What? 18 years later. Married the married wow. the, married uh, the girl of my dreams. I'm on yes. the podcast of my dreams. I Come just <laughs> I don't know how it could get better. Dude, this is everybody's dream, this man. You made, everybody's dream. <laughs> you made it. You made it. Actually, Joel Osteen just sent me a Twitter. He just sent me a DM. He's come. He's like, please, whatever you can do, tell Duke. So put in a good word please, for me, bro. Please. <laughs> just tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him who I am. If he doesn't know me, he's like, give me some credibility. Yeah. So, dude, that's my story, man. So, anybody listening right now, if you're like, if you have a, I know a, a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You just have, just keep on declaring the word. That's what the, my parents did over me. They knew I was wayward. They just kept on declaring the word so that they had over my life. And then here I am. I went to China. I was in China and uh, raising up mission, raising not missionary, raising up worship leaders. So I went to school for worship. So that thing that they called out in my life by naming me David, I've written a ton of songs. I've recorded different mm. songs, but I've also been able to raise up other psalmists and worship leaders. So we saw that multiplying in a lot of ways. That could be a segue. But. So good, man. I know it's been a while since you've personally led worship, right? 
as as far uh, as I think consistently or like once or twice a year in a, in a formal setting. If it seems like you're transported back to 2002, you're like, what is this? Dave Matthews leading worship? What is this? <laughs> this, this sounds off. Something's wrong. Something. <laughs> It's not in the, the current flow or whatever. Yeah, I can't do the, whoa, whoa, I can't do those. So <laughs> I don't know. Man, that was pretty good. No, but uh, I, I love it, though, man. I love it so much. You can uh, you can come and lead worship at my uh, my private party. Yeah, and, uh, it's like talk. just your kids and me. It's like, oh, wow, okay, kids. <laughs> my kids won't be there, man. What are you talking about? Just me, baby. <laughs> at the end, we're going to have 25 minutes of, of uh, acapella worship with Alex Seidler, so stay tuned, everybody. Bro, I'm, I'm one of those prophetic OG worship leaders, so 25 minutes, that's just like one and a half songs for me. Like, I don't need a long set list. That's just me singing like, the over. we'll just sing that for 20 minutes, and then we'll get into some prophetic stuff. <laughs> Jesus, lover of my soul, for like 40 oh, yeah. minutes straight, baby. Bro, there's a couple Bethel songs that never end. It's hard to like... Yeah. It's hard to really find an ending for him, so we could just do a couple of those, and then it'll be Friday. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much. Thanks for sharing. Let's go ahead and jump into this, man. Let's do it. Any any opening thoughts from you to kind of recap what we what we did last time? Yeah, I think like to recap where where episode thirty one, where we talked about revelation and seeking the Lord, ties into this. Is I think it ties into there's an underlying desire for fruitfulness and real impact in all of us so if you're in business you want your business to be successful so there's a way to go about that which is hustle and grind ignore your family work late nights there's a way to probably achieve success but you're going to lose like you're going to gain the world but lose your soul to quote our lord and savior so there's a way and even in ministry there's a way to do it man there's a way to be successful where it all rides on you and you can gain the world and you can lose your soul. So it's a way to grow your church, multiply your church, grow leaders, develop your, uh, I'm not hating on you, develop your podcast, your worldwide platform, and then your family is just wasting away. So wow, to man. me, to me, where that that is a bad methodology for an end goal, but a lot of our end goals are the same. If you bring in a agnostic uh, shoe seller and you bring in a fiery Pentecostal charismatic lead pastor, if you look at their goals, it's going to be growth. It's going to be, hey, I want to, I want my platform to grow. I want to engage in something that's going to register with young families and young people to make an impact. This is why things like Tom's Shoes are so popular. Tom's uh-huh. Shoes is a nonprofit organization yeah. where you buy a pair of shoes and they donate one. That's why that thing blew up all around the world is because there's this, this greater cause. So all of us have this greater desire for real impact, for real fruit. And what I find is that coming back to revelation, the same kind of things like, hey, I want, I want to preach or I want to deliver something. How I'm going to do that is I'm going to focus on the person of Christ. I'm going to be rooted in Christ. So the only fruit for my life will be him. The same thing applies with, with multiplication. Because when you align yourself to the principles of multiplication, with, with, which is what Jesus taught in his word, I'm going to share some scriptures where Jesus actually is giving us the blueprint, almost like a plan to see things multiply. If you align yourself to that, you, you see things multiply in a way that you never could ever ask, dream, or imagine. Most leaders that I find, they, they have their arms out like this, side to side. And so usually I'm like six feet two. And so usually they say your wingspan is like your height. So my arms go about six feet tip to tip with my, with my fingers. So that means things can only grow in my control to my to my own hands 
And I find a lot of pastors, a lot of leaders, a lot of business people, that's what it is. They have to have everything lined up. They have to be involved in everything, but so they can grow. And the taller you are, maybe the more it'll grow, but still it can never get past you. And multiplication is something that Jesus introduces to his disciples, but also is very applicable to us today. Because if you want to see the real fruit and real growth, guess what? It has to get past you. If you're, if you're the person who has to handle it all, now you're not just the, the bucket carrying it. Now you're also the lid that's sealing it. So wow. if you are always the one who has to preach, you're always the one who has to disciple, you're always the one who has to make the final call. That means that you are building a system where if you take you out of it, everything will crumble. Where yeah. Jesus introduces a system of multiplication that says, if you if you align yourself to these principles, you're still very important. You're an important part of it, but you're actually allowing the thing to multiply and continue to so grow. Good. So that's kind of like the, the, the connection there of like what episode 31 was and where it ties in with what I think we should talk about today. Absolutely. Let's go for it. I, I think uh, the underlying current there is is just resting in the Lord, right? Yes. And and we can we can go into an inferior mindset or an inferior way of doing life, doing ministry, doing business, doing family, doing whatever, which is this this deceptive thing, let me be in charge and let me be in control. There's such a deceptive thing about control. It's almost like like counterfeit peace where it's like I feel like I I've got things under control. That that sense of or that false sense of control where it's like, I'm running this, I'm running that, I'm in charge of this, I've got this. And what it does is it just, it, you're just always spinning your wheels. You know, you can build something, but like you said, what are you losing in the process? Whereas the other invitation that we have is to rest in the Lord. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. So we get to exchange the stuff that worries us and troubles us and these, you know, maybe wrong mindsets and different things. We get to exchange them for his rest. And it's just, when we live in that constant state of rest, it applies to every single area of life. It's a resting place of trust where we say, God, make come out of my life whatever you want it to be, but my focus overall is on you, God. And then he'll lead you in what to do. You know, it's not neglecting people. It's not neglecting responsibilities and just like sitting on the floor all day. But when that's the posture, the posture is this restfulness, this I'm cultivating intimacy with you, Lord, and then he's able to build on it and bring everything out of it. Because like one thing you talked about last week is when the foundation is in order, when God is the one who lays the foundation of your life, then it's something that he's confident to build on. And the stronger your foundation is in God, the deeper your roots go, the bigger that he can build you without you getting a big head and blowing the whole thing up and and squandering what he's given you. So that's good, uh, man. The, the coolest thing about multiplication, too, is that it really does come down to the being faithful in the small things. Because when you yeah. start to even think about the concept, I'll introduce a, f- a couple of examples. But when you start to really work it out, like, okay, multiplication sounds good versus addition or versus division, obviously. So I want to, okay, how do things multiply quickly? How do we grow this thing exponentially? It really is all, you can trace it all back to not some big idea that's overcomplicated. It's actually releasing control like we're talking about but also then staying faithful in a few specific things. Being like, how do you handle the small stuff? Because yeah. it says in God's word, he who handles little is faithful in little will be given much. We have the parable of the, 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 the talents and the servants of like the problem with the one talent servant 
wasn't that like, oh man, well, you know, it, it was out of fear that I, I didn't do it. The problem with that, is, the whole story is that, listen, if that one talent servant who the master gave him to, to not use, but invest, if he would have done that, he would have gotten two talents because because the as Jesus shares it in every person he multiplies what they had so like yes. to me it all comes back to like listen if you have one talent two talent five talent ten talent if you're like Joel Osteen or a famous pastor you have a million talent like whatever yeah. you're at it's not about then how do you use that it's about how do you invest that so good. and so when it, when I break that down to us it's like okay how do you not just use your giftings hey I'm a worship leader hey I love to preach Hey, I love to blah, blah, blah. It's not just about you using your giftings. If life was about you discovering your giftings and then just using them, that's you're going to feel used, okay? that's I talked to a lot of people that have been serving in a church for three, four years. That's the tipping point for, okay, this has actually been more about me and I'm starting to tank. So it's mm. about how do you invest it? How do you help others? How do you, wherever you're at in your journey of life, how do you open up your heart and say, hey, I've been following Jesus for two years, but guess what? The person who started following Jesus today, I can help them in those early days. I can open up my life and start to give away what I have. Because I find wow. in multiplication, when you start giving away what you have, God actually gives you more. He doesn't. If you're, if you're, if you're, uh, if two talents is your is your capacity, when you give that away to other people and multiply and invest in other people, invest in your local church, invest your talents. What I find is God just doesn't fill up the two. Is that then He multiplies it to four? And so a so lot good. of people want to grow. Once I, like I said before, a lot of people want that 10-year vision. A lot of people want that whatever. It all comes back to staying faithful with a few things. Now, Duke, I have a question for you, young man. If okay. I was to offer you two types of savings accounts, one – and both of these are for 30 days. One of them, I would deposit $100 US every single day into that account for 30 days. And whatever is at the end of that account after 30 days, you would get to keep. You'd get to build your dream house or you get to, you know, buy a Chipotle franchise, whatever, whatever your cup of tea is. Okay. <laughs> um, and then the other account, I would put one penny in on day one. So your day one totals day one, you'd have a hundred dollars in, in choice a or choice yeah. B you'd have one penny day two, you'd have $200 and this would double. You'd have two pennies day three, you'd have $300. You'd have four pennies. Day, day four would be 408. And so it would continue to multiply yeah. in that sort of realm. So after 30 days of putting $100 in, you'd obviously have $3,000 in that account. That's pretty nice. Yeah. That's like solid, dude. That's like, okay, that $100, you added $100 every single day. But that one penny, after 30 days, how much money would you have in that account? And which one would you want to take? I want that one. Don't do that. <laughs> no, I'm not. So remember, after, it goes one penny, two penny, four pennies. Eight pennies, sixteen pennies, thirty-two pennies, sixty-four pennies. After day seven, you have sixty-four cents and you have seven hundred dollars. That's that's the penny multiplying. Yeah, that's yeah, that. yeah. After thirty days, though, how much money do you guess is in that bank account of the penny? After one penny multiplying thirty days in a row, it's yeah. ten point seven million dollars. Because a small thing multiplying faithfully has a payoff, bro. And so that's good. the thing with multiplication is if you want a big bang for your buck, just Google pyramid schemes and they'll promise you all sorts of stuff. Sell this, sell that, sell this. You'll be rich in 30 days. No, you won't. You'll be poorer than you've ever been in your life. If you stay faithful with, okay, God, you gave me a penny. 
how can I be faithful with this penny? So good. That's my talent. Then next week, that's two talents. Okay, God, now I have two pennies. Now it's even more sad. I can't buy a dang thing with two pennies. I can't I really can't buy anything. God, yeah. how can I steward these two pennies? Now I got four cents. Wow. And so, but eventually, bro, I think it's on like if you do. I actually worked it out on a chart. It's around day twenty or day twenty-one that the penny passes the one hundred dollars a month. Then after that, you come hit on, a, man. Come on. After that, you hit a critical mass. Yeah. So I don't know of any investments that are you double your money every day. So don't don't go looking for them. It's all in Bitcoin, man. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> but, bro, that's the power of multiplication. Can you stay faithful with what God has given you? And then don't just ask him, use the money for him. How can I invest the money? How can I invest the giftings? How can I invest in the leaders around me? A lot of pastors look for people to use to help out lead things. But now, now it changes to how can I invest in them so they can lead at the same capacity I can. To me, bro, if you, I, I talk to a lot of churches and ministries and missionaries and pastors all around the world. When they say, hey, I want to grow my church, the first thing I do is I say, hey, if you want to grow your church, that means you got to start growing leaders. Because you wow. will never be able, so I don't good. care if you have the best sign in the front, you have the best website, you have the best strategy from streets to seats to disciples. It doesn't matter what you build in, a, in an algorithm of increased numbers. It's about can you build up leaders around you who can then lead at the same capacity that you're leading now? Because if I can raise up five people that are leading at my same capacity in the missions department, when I think of 2,000 missionaries joining us in the next two years, if I look at the team we have now, I go, I don't. that's going to break every system we have. But if I can raise up people that are like me, that are even better than me in some areas, now we're starting to build capacity. So that's the different. That, that's the power of investment versus just using. And that's why Jesus instructs us to to align ourselves in multiplication because he wants to see a rapid increase of disciples, of people falling in love with him, of also using their gifts and talents for the kingdom. So good. So many times we look at what we have, and especially if I'm starting on day one and I've got a penny. And I'm looking at my buddy who who went a different route, and it's fine, you know, we we all go different routes, right? But I'm looking at me, and I've got a penny, and I'm looking across the aisle at my at my boy who's got a hundred yep. in his account, and I'm comparing my penny to his hundred. I'm like looking at myself, like man, I'm nothing. I've got nothing, and so what I'll do is I'll take that penny and I'll I'll toss it because it's nothing. Or I'll, you know, I'll just forget about it or I won't do anything with it. I won't use it. I won't invest it. And so it becomes something that, you know, God was giving me an invitation to take the little bit that I started with and to, like you said, to invest it, to sow it, and then to allow him to bring the, the increase. Yes. But because I was too busy comparing myself to somebody else and focusing on what I didn't have, this is the way his kingdom works. Yeah. This is the way his kingdom works. When we take what he's given to us and we steward it well it. and we sow it, then we allow him to we allow him to bring the increase and to and to bring more. And and like you said, man, it's that simple principle, but I think it affects every it touches every single area of life. My mind also goes to we've got to get out of our comfort zone on a lot of this stuff too. Because what'll happen is like the guy you mentioned, the guy with the one talent who basically he just he 
wrapped it up and put it in the ground and he hit it and i might be putting two different stories together because I, I do that sometimes <laughs> but because there's a couple different couple different times where jesus talked about this you know that one was given five one was given ten one was given one and they they invested and but the guy that just had one the guy who had the least he just refused to to sow it he refused to do anything with it because he was afraid of what his master was going to say if he came back and he lost and he had lost it so what we'll do is fear will actually cause us to be stationary. It will cause us to either not do anything or, or it'll cause us to do to just go up to the edge of that comfort zone and to never pass it. And so like you said, multiplication comes in when we start stretching out. It, it's It's got to be based on love for me to start sowing into someone else's life, raising somebody else's life, call, calling, calling out the, the, the gold, calling out the, you know, what God has deposited into somebody and calling that out of them and helping people to, to advance and to grow, like whatever, whatever that looks like for you with whatever area of life that you're, that you're in, whether ministry, business, whatever, when we go beyond that comfort zone, that's where growth happens. You know, it's when that seed, you're talking about investing and sowing, when that seed goes into the ground and it dies, that's when it's able to produce fruit, right? That's when that's when life comes out of it. That's where more happens and there's expansion. And when you think about a seed, and like that's crazy multiplication. When you think about a little seed going into the ground, like you take an acorn and it goes into the ground and if it's sown in the right way, if it's... Uh, if it has the the chance to grow like it's supposed to it doesn't just result in a tree it results in a forest because it results in a tree that then is able to spread out and 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 drop more acorns and so on and so forth and so it's just like you said when we do it his way when we allow him to to lead us and guide us through life that the uh, the level of growth is exponential but it's not that quick fix so i love it man yes the uh you can trace back, like, you know, I talk about uh, a shoe salesman versus a pastor. You can, if they're visionary, they know where they know what they want it to look like in 10, 20 years. So they have that like, okay, this is how we can grow. We can do campus churches. We can have an international brand. We, they see the thing, but you just trace it all back to what you're saying. Can you steward and faith? Can you be faithful with what you're given? And if you can't, if you, if you can't steward and be pleased and faithful and view the one as you would 1000, Sometimes leaders get lost in, I'll start really engaging and be grateful when I get to where I'm going in 20 years and there's a crew of five people around them. So they, they, wow. they, they discard them. They don't even view them as like, yes. you know, cause they see the 5,000, they don't see the five. So, but it's like, okay, can you align yourself and handle those early days of multiplication? One penny, two penny, three penny more, four so penny. Good. Like it, it looks so lame. You're looking at the other bank account with hundreds of dollars and you have six pennies but it's, it's like, man, but can you steward that? Cause you know, the potential I had a pastor, yeah. a pastor, Pierre Duplessis from uh, Rochester, the father's house. Yeah. He did a training with us uh, a few years ago as an Elon fellowship movement, our pastors and leaders came together in the Buffalo Rochester area of New York. And he held up an apple and he just with a, a knife, just sliced it open where you could see the seeds. And he goes, most leaders, when I hold this up, they see a meal, but what I'm holding up in front of you is actually an orchard. And then he started taking out the seeds and saying like each one of these seeds contain that multiplying power. And so I'm just reminded wow. of that today of like, so hey, if you're listening and you have a dream, you're listening and you're, you're in that two cent, four cent, eight cent, it kind of the quote unquote lame part of multiplication where you can get discouraged and you can yeah, throw man. a pity party. You can want to throw in the, you can want to throw in the towel, 
let me just encourage you and Duke, we want to, we want to encourage you. Don't give up, man. If God's put that thing in you, there will be a payday. I'm telling you, there will be a payoff where that thing multiplies beyond your wildest dreams. Whatever you could write down of what that sucker would be, God will actually go exponentially greater than that. So hear this as a, if you've been looking for a sign of what to do, here's your sign. Do not give up, continue to move forward. Um, so now talk to a pastor or leader. Sometimes I'm the problem. So what I need to do is I need to go to some of the mentors in my life and go, hey, I think God spoke to me about this. This is what I'm doing about it. Can I get your thoughts? So I don't just stay bullheaded and, and do what I'm doing. I, I want input to say, hey, can you help me out here? Can you speak into this? And I find when I do that, God actually sometimes reveals things that maybe are mm. twisted in my heart. Maybe yes. I have wrong motives. Maybe it is all about me. And so then what that does is that it brings me back before the Lord, exactly what we talked about in episode 31. Okay, Jesus, you started building the foundation. I kind of took over, and you're not a jerk, wow. so you actually let me took over. But I'm, I'm handing <laughs> you back the shovel. I'm handing you back the, the digger and the trowel and the cement mixer. Yeah. Like So getting, getting leaders to speak into a dream that you feel like isn't coming together, I think it could actually encourage you. And uh, could actually shed light on some things that aren't working. So don't think multiplication. There's a million ways to multiply things as far as strategy. I yes. love strategy. Remember, that's a shell of who I am. I'm a leadership strategy visionary. Uh, uh, I'm making the calls. I'm, ma I'm making. You know, I'm making things. But inside, I'm a I'm a artistic, sappy songwriter. So there's a million things that I know can happen to multiply. But we need right now to trace them back to God. Can you search my heart? Can you know me? Can you weed out my weird, uh, weird things that 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 get in the way where I want to build my kingdom and not yours? Where I want to so kind of I, I want to do my thing to prove it because I never got that affection from family. I want to. Can you just come and just weed that stuff out? You can trace multiplication all the way back twenty years from now, all the way to this moment if you bring your heart before the Lord. So good, man. And uh, I know we're just about out of time, but just to just kind of echo, echo what you're saying, this has actually been—it's so funny. I, I've done I've done a few interviews lately, and it's just kind of been a reoccurring theme. When we when we're focused on building our kingdom up, when we're focused on you know when I'm focused on Duke Lamastra and building my you know building my world, building my personal empire, and all this, then I, it gets really distracted. It gets really twisted. It gets really unproductive. And it gets frustrating and everything else. But when my focus is on building the kingdom, my focus is on building his kingdom. And I recognize that I have a part to play in it, but it's it's the part that he's given. It's the part that he's given me. And it's the part that starting to recognize, like, what is the Lord breathing on? What's he breathing on in your life right now? What is he highlighting in your life right now? And for somebody, for some of you listening, like you already have a like a very clear picture of what that is and other and others of you you might not have any idea or you might just have a an, an inkling of an idea and whatever that is just stay before the lord and just allow him to reveal that to you so that you know uh so that you know what you're doing like waiting on the lord we talked about this a little bit last time waiting on the lord doesn't mean that you're just like there and you never do anything and you're waiting on god to do it all for you that's not the point the the point is that that when you wait on the Lord, when you sit before the Lord, when you live your life, you start from a place of his presence and from a place of rest, then you open yourself up for his revelation. He can begin to speak to you. He gives you strategy. He he begins to open doors. I, I'm starting to see this, man. Like just, just kind of 
being transparent when I when I started the the podcast, I did it because the Lord was leading me to do it. And so I started doing the podcast and you know, maybe a week or week two in, I'm just like this is not going anywhere. Like people are not people aren't listening. People aren't, you know, and I and just not seeing the results. And I'm like, God, what's the point? And 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 uh, you know, starting to even just get get weird with it and starting to squander it a little bit and then God just reminded me listen man it doesn't matter how many people are listening if you've got a thousand if you've got five it doesn't matter how many are listening steward those people well and like you said with leaders around you you got one person that you have influence over right now you're starting a new you're starting a company you've got a startup and it's just you steward yourself well steward your time well steward the 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 little finances that you have well build yourself like you said Alex if we if we're uh, we want to build something big, then we've got to build big leaders. But if we want to build big leaders, we've got to build a big me, right? Like I've got to, I've got to recognize that I can't build you. Like how am I going to deposit something in you that I haven't been willing to walk out on my own? And so it, it really just starts in this place of sitting before the Lord and allowing him to lead and to guide us and to put more of himself into us as we just gaze upon him, becoming more like him. Uh, bro, I think that that's so cool the way you described that about, you know, your shell being one thing, but but deep down, like you're you're a worshiper. And I think that if we would live that way, recognizing that we are worshipers, I think that that's the most foundational level of who we are, of our calling. And David modeled that so well. It's being before the Lord. And then when issues come up, when conflict comes up or when you're like like it's the conflict against the bear or the lion or when the prophet comes to anoint you to be the next king, but then you've got to wait all these years before it actually happens and someone's trying to kill you and all these things happen, then it's like, okay, well, I, you know, just, just stewarding even that well, like, God, I know you've called me to something, but being able to wait on you, it all starts in that place of worship, that place of intimacy with God and just that communion and connection with him. Uh, it all starts there, everybody. So, Alex, we've got about a minute left. Is there anything else you want to throw out there before we before we shut this down and get into your twenty five minute worship set? <laughs> Shout <laughs> to the Lord! All. Um, that's a new one I heard recently. Uh, I believe written by Darlene Sheck. Is it Sheck? Darlene Sheck? No, I. Yeah, bro, I think it's a to me a momentary high from being used in your gifting. It's good. Because you're like, I'm being used in my gifting. This is what I was yeah. made for. Yeah. But it doesn't compare to the eternal impact of multiplying your life. It doesn't. So good. That doesn't compare. Because then it's like I'm living a Christian version of a me-centered life. This is about me doing what I was created for. Okay, that's great. Find out what you were created for. But then figure out, now how do I invest this and multiply this in the kingdom and to those around me? So that would be my final encouragement is like, listen, talk to a pastor. This is why I love the local church. It's like I work for a parachurch organization where we have churches and missionaries and movements all around the world, but we are not the local church. We have local churches inside of the old fellowship, yeah. and that's the place where we can thrive and grow and move forward and use our giftings. So just a final encouragement to anyone who's listening of like, I don't know where to start. Start local. Don't try to go global. Start local. Talk to your pastor. If you love to like cook, I'm sure your church does cookouts and stuff like that. If you love to listen if you have coaching offered at your church, see how you can get involved in coaching. If you love to, to, to just hang out and connect with people, figure out how to be a small group leader. There are a million ways for you to get invested right now after this podcast to actually start getting into a multiplying uh, rhythm of your life. So that was just my final yeah. encouragement so good. is uh, go for it. Don't wait. Do it right now. 
Amen. Go for it. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for staying uh, through to the end. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, Alex. Brother, I love you, man. Love you too, man. So awesome. So glad that we got to do this. And uh, all right, everybody. Well, uh, we will be back next Monday, 6 a.m. Eastern, 5 a.m. Central. Really appreciate you guys. Have an awesome week. Be safe. And uh, we'll see you next time.